Welcome, welcome, welcome to all my alcoholics and addicts. Welcome back to episode number five of the Recovery Chronicles. Yes, I changed the name up a little bit um, since we were going to be doing some deep dives. I thought uh, my life might have been um, a little too specific, so we decided to just change it up a little bit, call it the Recovery Chronicles, and that way we could... um, have guests on to talk about their life and recovery, but also we could deep dive into certain subjects like today. Today I have my first second time guest, uh, Bobby from California. She's going to come on and we're going to talk about uh, dating in sobriety, a subject that is near and dear to my heart. It is something that is, I mean, dating is difficult um, when you're in your mid-40s and up and, you know, even when you just get older, dating is difficult just to begin with. Then you add in the fact that you don't drink, and sometimes it can make it a little harder. So so we did a nice deep dive into dating and sobriety and talked about all sorts of things that that entails. So hope you enjoy the, uh, the podcast. Again, please uh, rate, like, subscribe. Just kind of helps get the podcast out to more listeners, helps us spread the message. So... Thank you for being here. Thank you for listening and on with the pod. One. Welcome back again. Today I am joined by one of my most favorite people in the world. She is a return guest. You are the first return guest that I've ever had on this pod. So that is amazing. Welcome back. We've got Bobby from California. How are you doing today, Bobby? Good morning. Hello. Hi, I'm doing great. Thank you. Awesome. So glad that you could join me again today. And, um, you know, as I've told everybody already, uh, today we are going to be talking about uh, dating in recovery. So first, I just want to remind everyone, what's your sobriety date, Bobby? My sobriety date is 8-1-20. That's awesome. So you got, what, three years under your belt now? Three and a half almost? Three years, four months, and um, 18 days. Oh, that's great. You know, right down to the day. That's incredible. Good job. Uh, and then, because this is a podcast that we're going to be talking about dating, um, what is your relationship status today? Single. <laughs> <laughs> hey, there is nothing wrong with that. I am single as well. But that's why I wanted to talk about this, because dating and recovery is not easy. It's actually something that um, that I think is, is pretty difficult. And uh, I think that there's many reasons why, and hopefully we'll get into some of those things. Um, But first, right off the bat, like one of the the struggles that I have being in recovery is um, meeting people. Like I have a difficult time kind of finding places to meet people because where I used to meet people back in my drinking days was at bars and clubs and um, parties and all that stuff. So, so what about you? Where, where would you say that um, that you are meeting people these days, or are, do you have do you have sh- struggles like I do with meeting new people sometimes? Um, I struggle with meeting new people. I'm not I sure. I understand. Sorry about that. That was Siri going off there. Siri didn't understand what I was meaning, but no, go ahead, Bobby. <laughs> um, I, I think I struggle like meeting people. Like, I mean, I'm around a lot of people, but. For me, um, you know, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't date someone that I met in a meeting, and 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 I'm in a couple rooms, so I'm in Al-Anon, I'm in AA, I'm in a few other rooms, <clears throat> and um, and I wouldn't date someone that I work with. So yeah, and those are the two places I spend most of my time at. Right. So. If, if somebody's listening to this pod, and I doubt there's many people listening to this pod that are not in recovery, but if there is, you know, 90% of the people out there would agree with us on the don't meet people at work. You know, there's there's a saying there that I won't repeat right now in this pod just in case kids are listening, but, um, but I, I'm the same way. I really don't want to meet somebody where I work. Um, 
but you brought up the rooms. So for me, I hear so many friends of mine that are not in recovery will say, I think you just need to meet a nice girl in AA. And I just sit there and I want to like, no, that's not what I want. So I know what my reasons are. And I'll get to my reasons here in a second. I want to hear what, why don't you want to meet anybody in the rooms of AA? Um, you know what? Or Al-Anon or, or any of your recovery groups. Well, I'm sorry. I, I never thought about this before, but my grand sponsor is a very wise woman. She has just so much, a bucket of wisdom. And, and she would tell me stories of how people would meet in the rooms and um, they were going to this certain meeting all the time because they loved it so much. And then them and this person break up and one of them are not going to the meetings. And it made me stop and think. And, you know, I'm sitting in a room with people that I know don't drink. I know I can have a really great time with. And I do, you know, on just a social level. But then I think, how important is it for me to date this person? If, if we break up, he or I, I'm not going to go to that meeting anymore because I don't want to see them. They don't want to see me. It's just uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable. You know, I'm not saying an angry breakup or whatever but you know right. i'll have to sit there and think about what what my grand sponsor said is so you know it, it's happened in these meetings and so that's not what we're here for because we're not here to meet someone we're here to hear the message so with that in mind um yeah i i choose not to meet someone in a meeting i'm not going to say it's never going to happen and it might who knows whatever god's plan is but for me right now, I, I keep hearing her voice saying, and is it worth it? Because what if one of you, you know, if you break up and that person won't come and, we, and we've seen it happen with someone in a meeting. So um, I think my the sobriety and the message and that person coming to that meeting is far more important than me dating them. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. And I'm going to take it a step further um, because I like everything that you've said and I agree with everything that you said. One of my big reasons is so in, in my in my marriage, when I knew that that marriage was over, one of the problems I had with ending it um, was I didn't know she didn't have family around here. So I didn't know where she was going to go. So if I broke up the relationship, if I broke up the marriage, then what was she going to do? Where was she going to go? And so that that kind of kept things going for a little while until she figured it out, which was great. You know, she, you know, decided she went to move out, but then she had a plan, right? Well, it's almost the same thing with AA. So let's say, you know, and, and I'm a live kind of live by the worst case scenario person. Let's say I can start to feel that this relationship isn't going to work. And then is the relate is, is there, is there sobriety? contingent on our relationship you know that's that's and i know i'm not supposed to even worry about that that's you know a, a wise person like your grand sponsor would tell you you know that's not for me to worry about that's on them and i agree with that but there's a part of me that still would be like ugh like what'll happen if because i know i'm gonna be okay because i've been there done that but what if this person isn't what if what if this relationship causes them to, like you said, stop going to meetings and then God forbid, you know, it's not just the one meeting, it's all meetings. And then they go back out and then their recovery was dependent upon our relationship. And that's the last thing that I would want. So that's why I try and, and um, stay away from anything with recoveries because I want that person to have their own thing and I have my own thing. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that's great because, you know, I, I think of it like this, um, you know, am I really, really healthy, you know, because there are people who are fragile, more fragile than we are, you know, and, you know, if somebody tells me uh, you're ugly or whatever, and, you know, you break up, it's an ugly breakup or whatever, and you're going to meetings together, I would hope and pray that I wouldn't go out and drink over that. I would hope and pray. I mean, I, I don't know. It's not happened, but, you know. All right. Thanks for that answer, Bobby. So, um Another thing that, that I've noticed from being in recovery, and this is on the positive side, is um, I now deal with past relationships, past dating, romantic relationships, a lot better than I ever have. Um, how about you? What, what, are, what is it for you with past relationships? Do you feel like you deal with them better in AA? Was it before still, still the same? 
I think if I'm hearing it right, so I mean, my first my first husband, I'm just gonna go with husbands, and my my situation is a little bit different than yours, as you know. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I had my first husband, and that was not healthy. It was bad, and and we divorced when my oldest son was very young. Then my second husband, and we were you know active together. Um, he passed three years ago. So, but there was a lot of roller coaster, a lot of unhealthiness there. And so I think up until this point, you know, so now he's been gone almost four years. It'll be four years in February mm-hmm. that I have truly, because of recovery, I have let go. So when I step into a relationship now, I don't see me um, comparing this person with past. You know, that was the past. I feel like I've dealt with all the pain and, and again my story is a little different than some not only did i deal with death but a lot of domestic violence and um abuse so you have to let go you know you have to let go because you have to heal and so i feel like i really healed from my past in relationships and so moving forward um like if i step into a relationship today i don't feel like i need to compare that person and i, and I have been dating a little bit um I don't compare that person to one of my pasts that I've healed. And I think that's really, really important. And I, I don't know, it feels like that's another thing we see today because, you know, I've pretty much been in a relationship since 92, except for the last four years. And it seems like people don't take time to heal. They need, they, they want to start dating right away. So what, what went wrong in the last relationship? What was things that I needed to heal from? And it might heal from them. And so now I feel like I am, you know, I don't, I feel like I am really healed and I feel comfortable moving forward, but I know there's a lot of healing that still needs to be done right. because we're never cured. We're never cured, right. you know, but um, yeah, moving forward, I feel like recovery has healed, helped me heal in so many levels that I can walk. I think now, if I'm going to be honest, because I have dated a few that, that drink, and so I, I kind of go into the Al-Anon card a little bit, like how much this person drinks. Like for the alcohol part of it, it doesn't bother me. You know, I know it bothers some people, but it doesn't bother me. But it's like I go into the Al-Anon card of am I here to help them or am I here to date them? Yeah, and that's, that's I mean, completely understandable. So um, for me, when it comes to past relationships, the, the one thing that that recovery has just kind of taught me is – you know, the clearing of your side of the street. As long as you do that, then it's so, I don't want to say easy to move on because moving on is never easy, but it's easier to, um, to kind of just get over things, move past them, move around them. So that way it's easier to deal with that person. Um, I can tell you in the past when I was out drinking and before I found recovery, you know, I would, I would absolutely, one relationship would bleed into the next one. If, if this person wronged me in one way, then I would be careful about the next person doing the same thing. And, and it doesn't mean that I'm perfect at that at, in any stretch of the imagination, because I'm not, I'm not perfect at it. You know, again, we're works in progress, just like everybody else. We're one day at a time, just like everybody else. Um, but one of the advantages I think that I have me now versus me, 15 years ago is the ability to say, okay, this is my part of the relationship and where it went wrong. Okay. I can deal with it. I can break it down constructively. I can make changes for myself in the future. And then when that person comes back around, it's not hard for me to to have to deal with them or there's no longer any hatred, you know, once it's fully done, you know what I mean? Like there's no, and and I wouldn't say I really have any hatred for, for anybody. I try not to have any of that in my heart, but, but like that whole thing just kind of moves on a little faster than I think that, um, that it, that, then it did in, you know, when I was a raging alcoholic, you know what I mean? Um, Another thing that I loved what you talked about, because I'm the same way and I don't recommend this for everybody. Okay. (laughs) So I'm just saying that now, but I am the type of person that my recovery is strong enough that I can be around 
and date people who um, do like to drink from time to time. Can't be an every night thing, but um, I can do it from from time to time. And I heard you say that that you can, too. Um, Do you ever feel and I've got a couple of stories that I'll give on my end, but do you ever feel like the people that maybe you're interested in dating? um, Do you ever feel like they're afraid of you judging them because you don't drink and they do drink? Have you come across that yet? Um, I have actually, um, I have, and, you know, and I think most recently someone who maybe, um, I don't know, it's not for me to say, but it's a heavy drinker and it's, again, we have to go back to my grand sponsor and that bucket of wisdom that she is. And there was an event and I wasn't invited to, and she says, because it's an open bar night, this party is open bar. And he probably doesn't want to you to see him drinking like that because you don't drink. And then my sweet little niece is like, maybe they don't want you around that alcohol. You know, maybe they're protecting you. So me at the time, and you and I talked about this, I thought it's because I'm too ugly to be seen with, you know. And again, see, I'm still very unhealthy. I, I don't have all the confidence in the world. But I do, I do think that, and I think just using that one, that one incident, you know, in the past few months is, you know, they, they don't, they, they don't, they feel like we're judging and I'm not judging anyone, you know, and right. I think I said that a thousand times. I, you know what you do, you boo, you do you. And no, it doesn't bother me. You know, I mean, it, it doesn't, if anything, I feel like God's kind of blessed me because the smell of it today almost makes me want to gag. So, um, and again, that goes back to, you know, I'm so close to God that, Am I okay, God? I do this. I do this when I'm dating. And God, am I here to help this person and show them this amazing book? Or what is the plan here? Because I'm very confused. Once again, I'm so confused. I mean, this person I'm very attracted to, again, you know, could benefit from our book, but everyone in the world could benefit from our book. You don't have to be alcoholic or an Al Anon or any other program. It's all the answers to life's questions. Yeah. So it's it, to me, it's a struggle. And I think that's a struggle that keeps me thinking, I think I'd rather be single until I figure out maybe there's some more work I need to do on myself. Yeah. And, and so um, for, for me, I've got two stories. Um, there have been relationships in the past where I've been told that um, one of them was an online dating where, um, I had hit the yes button. I thought this person was attractive, would like to, to you know, meet match with them, you know. And um, I was told that one of her friends was like, uh, no, don't match back with him. He doesn't drink. And she was like, I don't care and matched anyway. But right then and there, doesn't even know me from a hole in the wall. And automatically the friend was like, no, can't do it. Um then in a different circumstance, there was um, a friend who told a girl that I was dating, um, well, you know, all he's going to do is judge us all the time for when, when we're drinking. And again, like you said, like I've got so much other crap going on in my life that I have to keep straight. I don't, as long as, as long as you are having a good time, in my presence, <laughs> that's all I care about. I don't care that you're drinking. I, you know, the only thing that I that would stop me from from being with somebody is if they had to drink every night. I think that would get me a little bit because ultimately I'm dating for the long term. I'm dating to uh, live with somebody, to be with somebody forever, all that good stuff, right? So if I see that somebody has to drink every night, well, that would tell me, all right, well, I'm probably never going to be living with this girl. So because I couldn't do that. But if you're having drinks a couple of nights a week, you know, unwinding at the end of the day, you go out to dinner and you have fun. And a couple of times a year, you really let loose. Like, I really don't have any problem with that. And I will be your designated driver. Like, I, I look at it like that. Like, how awesome is your life? you get a designated driver you're like like to me it, it should be looked at as a good thing but sometimes sometimes we are judged or or people think that we are going to judge them but what they don't understand is 
we are, we really think in in places where we don't want to admit we think that we're inferior to most people around us anyway so so we're more worried about you judging us than we are judging you you know it's that whole the ant is more scared of you than you are of it or the spider is more scared of you than you are of it we're more scared of you judging us than we are judging you. We don't care. Just have a good time because that's all we're here for is we just want to have a good time. You know what? That's so true. And, you know, when you're saying that, um, it's funny you said that. Rick, you and I are so much alike. Um, is I think the same thing. I think of all the times I was drinking and driving and my partner was drinking and driving. And by the grace of God, A, we never got a DUI. B, we never hurt anyone. And we got home safe, right? But now today, I think, look, I'm your designated driver, man, for all the times that someone drove me home and whatever. I mean, I'm your girl. I'm your designated. I'm the party designated driver. Hand over the keys. Let's go. You know, I mean, I have that attitude. Like, it doesn't bother me. And I'm not going to judge them because... You know, I mean, I make jokes. I I can in my recovery. I'm, I'm healthy enough in my recovery that I can actually make jokes about it now where before I was you know, I was so afraid you would judge me. Now I make jokes about it. I go, look, here's a good thing. I'm not drinking and it's a good thing because there'll be enough alcohol left for everyone else. Otherwise, if I start drinking, it's gone. It's gone. It's mine. So, and then I'm the designated driver. So I, I can make jokes about it. So I try to make other people feel comfortable. Yeah, me too. Me too. So um, when do you let people know that you are, you know, and, and when I say people, I mean, you know, a romantic relationship possibility, you know, maybe you're even just met the person through a friend or whatever, but you look at that person and you're like, you know, that could be somebody I might want to be with one day. When do you let them know that you are in recovery? Well, I'm living in a small town and the ones that I have gone out with know me from someone and they tell them like, she don't drink, she don't party. So um, I really haven't had to, you know, only maybe somebody I met like through, you know, social media, not even, I haven't done any online dating, but like social media, like maybe Facebook or someone I say, yeah, I don't drink. I don't drink. I'm, you know, but right. I, I don't know. I just feel like when the time is right, it's going to come out. I mean, I, I don't really, I haven't really even thought about that. I was like, Oh, when am I going to tell them? Um, because I, to this point, really most, for the most part, they found out from, you know, the first thing they say to me is "Hey, so-and-so says you don't drink. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> like, it means if I, I mean, I don't drink. <laughs> it means I go uh-huh. to meetings. So yeah, um, I've been I'll, fortunate. Yeah. I'll, I'll have people say that same thing to me. Like, what does it mean? Like, like, so you like, you like never drink? And I'm like, yes, I <laughs> never drink. Like, like I'm like, I'm like, hopefully I'll never drink. And I've even, I've even like tried to have a joke with it. Like once I've gotten to be serious with someone where I've been like, if you ever see, if we're dating and you ever see a drink in my hand and I take that drink and it goes to my mouth, you have, you have my permission to leave me right then and there. Like you should not stick around. It's not going to be good. You know, so I, I, I tell people that all the time, but one of my biggest, you know, things that I had to recover from was I was a big liar. I lied about everything. So I have to be truthful. So one of the things that that I do is I tell people right away up front, you know, I am transparent. You can ask me any question about anything. When I do online dating, it does say right there, right off the bat you know, that I don't drink. And it's all because, again, I just, I need to be transparent about it. I can't lie to people because lying is a big trigger for me to get me back into that whole space where I was drinking again. So, and that doesn't mean like, oh, I never, um, I never lie about anything and all that stuff. Like, like, of course I might tell little white lies here and there, but, or I might lie because of the people that are around, but the person I lied to, I then will go back and be like, hey, I, I lied about that. This is the reason why, but this is the truth. You know what I mean? Um, so so for me, the long story short is is I have to um I have to be honest. So I tell people right off the bat, and then I get a lot of the like you said, a lot of the same things of 
what does it mean you don't drink? Like, but what I like to compare it to is I heard somebody in a meeting one time say, you know, nobody ever says, uh, when, when you say, oh, you're not putting mayonnaise on your hamburger. No, I don't, I don't like mayonnaise. I don't, I don't, I don't eat mayonnaise. Nobody ever goes, you don't eat mayonnaise. What does that mean? You don't eat mayonnaise. But when you say you don't drink, people are like, what do you mean you don't drink? Like, like they look at you funny, but it's the same thing. Like, okay, I don't like mayonnaise. I don't like alcohol. Like, what's the difference? But in our society, there is a difference, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so what about, and this might be a, a little different, um, but what about recovery and long-term relationships um i know you don't have as much time under your belt as i do um, but even long-term relationships in a friendly way you know unromantic if you if you haven't had any long-term um romantic relationships yet how does how does recovery affect you in long-term relationships or how has it so far i think i'm gonna have to steal your other answer about being honest you know i feel like i have my circle of friends is so big. So we talked about this earlier about being lonely. It's like, um, I don't really have that opportunity to be lonely. Like, you know, sometimes I feel like I do have to hide out a little bit and turn off the phone just to watch a movie, you know, by myself. Um, I, I feel like I have far more friends because I'm more fun to be around. I'm dependable. I'm If I say I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock, I'm going to be there at 10 o'clock. Or I'm going to message you and give you the truth versus a bullshit story of why I'm not going to be there. Um, so I feel like I have so many more friends and so, you know, um, I, and I'm a friend that you can count on, but I'm also a friend who's going to be honest. And I'm, I've, I've noticed in the last year, even more so with my feelings of instead of trying to fake my smile, like, especially this time of year, I say, no, it's okay not to be okay. And I'm just not okay. I don't need to fake things. You know, I'm honest because I've noticed we, and I think this is for a lot of people in recovery, that we've either caretakers, we're codependent, we have depression issues, we have all these other things that are going on, you know, which brought us to the rooms in the first place, which is part of our disease. It's part of it. Um, That being honest, because people, and I'm going to say outsiders, um, when we're quiet, like me, I'm a very bubbly, outgoing person. So if I'm quiet, you know, I've noticed people assume that I'm mad at them. So I have to use, I have to communicate more. I communicate more of my feelings. Like I'm not upset. I'm not mad. I'm not sad. I'm just having a feeling right now and I just need to get through it. So I think it makes me a better friend. I think I'm a better friend, but That's I'm still awesome. pretty selfish. I'm still pretty selfish. Yeah, I would definitely, you know, I, I, I like to say that I am a, an in an egomaniac with an inferiority complex. Um, so yeah, I definitely understand what you mean with the, you know, you, you feel like you can still be pretty selfish. Um, for me, long-term relationships. So since I've been in recovery, I've been uh, married and divorced and I've also had um, a two year relationship in there. And um, the one thing that I will say that I did in both of them, again, looking back at, my past and having to figure it out and, and how recovery and stuff fits in there is I have in both times I have chosen the relationship at times over my recovery. And that is something I need to work on because again, I can sit here and tell you that my recovery has to come first. Right? Like we, we both know that, right? Right. We we agree. But Mm -hmm when it comes down to it, sometimes I'll let that relationship come first. And then that's where my struggles come in because now I've gotten further away from AA. I've gotten further away from my higher power. I've gotten further away from my recovery. And what does that do? That, that then affects the relationship, which is the thing that I think I'm trying to fix to begin with and why I'm distancing myself from AA is because I need to be more present in this relationship but by being away from AA and my recovery, I'm hurting the relationship. So that's that's something that um, that I'll definitely have to work on, you know, in, in my next relationship. You know, I, I was telling you before we started the pod today, 
you know, this, this podcast is something that when I was in my last relationship, I wanted to do. And I just, and it's on me. This is not on her. This is 100% on me. I um, never found the time to do while I was in that relationship. My next relationship, the person will come in already having me be a, be in this pod and they will know about the podcast and they will know when I record and they will know how important it is to me to record and get an episode out to people every week and help spread the message the way that I can in this podcast. So it's going to be a little bit easier in the next one because they'll already be coming in with this. Um, so I think that that's the kind of thing that's going to help me with the next relationship. You know what I mean? Um, just like the last relationship, even though I may have made some changes towards the end, or I may have distanced myself from recovery. Um, they still knew like, like there were still times where I sat there on a Friday night and was like, Hey, I can't come over. I have to hit a meeting, you know, or, you know, somebody so-and-so celebrating three years tonight. I have to go to their party. You know what I mean? Like there were certain things that you had to do. And because they already knew I was in recovery because I was honest with them from the beginning, um, you know, they understood it. So, so it can make, long-term relationships a little more difficult i've also heard um that i i will go through problems okay like i just said i am a uh egomaniac with with an inferiority complex so i'm gonna have days where i i don't understand something or just like everybody we go through stuff right mm -hmm. i'm when I'm going through a difficult time, I'm going to another member of recovery instead of going to my significant other, my partner, whatever you want to call the person at that time, my girlfriend, whatever. That's a tough pill to swallow from what I've, I've heard and experienced in my life. Um, you know, I, I don't know if you can relate to that at all, but I mean, I, I would imagine that that has to be tough, that here's Rick, somebody that, you know, you care about and they're having a problem in their life and they're not coming to me. They're going to meet somebody at Panera Bread to talk about this thing that I want them to talk to me about. But the problem is, is that I need to talk to another alcoholic about it and they're not an alcoholic. You know what I mean? So I don't know if you can relate to that at all, Bobby. I can. And you know what? It comes down to... um. <clears throat> You know, every now and then I would call and say, I just need a hug. Okay, that's all I need from a partner. Just it, a, part, a hug. But when I have a problem, like Thursday was a really rough day for me. It was really, really rough. And mentally, physically, emotionally, everything. And 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 I, I can't go dumping. I wouldn't dump all that. You know, I have to go to someone like you or, or Mandy, you know, or I and I call it a tribe. I mean, I have a tribe that I would pick up the phone. I am not afraid to pick up that phone and call someone. I'm not afraid to go to that meeting and cry in that meeting and say I'm having a really rough time. Where I don't think outsiders, you know, normies, whatever. I don't even like that word normies because none of us are normal. But yeah, where I would go there, they need to take care of you, and if you don't rely on them to take, you know, to let them take care of you then they feel like they're failing you. And that's been a problem that I have. Like, you know, they, they need to take care of me and I don't need to be taken care of. I don't have my tribe that take care of me. And that's, right. and that's why I feel like I'm, maybe I'm not healthy enough. You know, I'm right where I'm supposed to be being here with you and, and, and spreading the message and, and, and know that, you know, you can, you can be, you can be in recovery and it's okay to date or not date. Um, because today I, I can look in the mirror and say, I like that person. I like hanging out with that person today where before I had to be around people to be okay. I had to have something in my hand to be okay. Today I'm okay by myself. Yeah. And that's, and that's huge, you know, and, and that's another one of those things where we talk about with people in and out of the rooms, like, like a lot of times people don't know how to just, you know, be by themselves. And, and like you said, just not, not dating or, or anything. And, and I will admit, like, there are times where I struggle with that. There are times where I know that I'm going to be home on a Friday night or a Saturday night. 
And when I come and I'll be by myself, no date going on, nothing. And um, I will actually look in the people's like, look to see lights on in my neighborhood. Because what I'm doing is I'm looking to see it's not it's it's normal for people to just be home on a Friday night. It's normal for people to just be home on a Saturday night. I mean, yeah, I would love to have something to do, but it's also okay to not have something to do. Like, look at all these people with two cars in their garage, in their driveways and their lights on on a Saturday night. They're not doing anything, you know, like it's okay to not be doing anything. And that's, that's something powerful that comes again from this program, in, in my opinion. Um, so now I want to get on one fun subject. And um, <laughs> okay. So I think this is going to be fun because listen, if, 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 if somebody's listening to this and they're still here and they're still listening and you are single and you are dating and you're wanting to find somebody, um, you know, when you do meet someone, you have to go out with them. Right. So where are you going? Like the biggest thing that I see, you know, people say on TikTok and on all these things about dating and online dating and all is, is let's go meet for drinks. Let's go meet for drinks. Listen, I can meet for drinks. My drink's going to be a Coke zero, but I can meet for drinks, but that's also boring to me. That's not what I want to do. So what are some first date ideas you could give to some of the people out there listening, Bobby? Okay. So, um, I live in the country and I think, I don't know if it's cause I'm getting older because I don't want to go run around on a Friday or Saturday night either. I'm really okay with, um, especially during the summer, you know, during the warmer weather, I, I like to be outdoors. I want to go outdoors to me, a perfect guy. And I don't even know if it's perfect to say, Hey, let's go meet and, um, go for a drive. Let's just go for a drive. Let's just, cause I love nature. Um, you know, I don't really like to go to the movies because I don't like to sit inside. I, I don't really like to do movies. So, I mean, I can see where it'd be hard to date me, actually. But I don't really like to do movies. <laughs> I really don't like to go out to eat. I mean, I like to do takeout. I love to do takeout and go home and watch a movie with it. That's what I like to do. And I love to go for a drive. And to just go sit in the back of a truck or go sit in a truck somewhere and just watch the stars. I mean, that I like that. So maybe I'm too boring. That's why I'm single. I don't know. No. And, and I think that that's good stuff. Like I can tell you, like, you know, Ohio is a little different than California. We get a little bit colder than you do. So like there are times a year where you can't do some of these ideas, but um, one of my favorite first date ideas is um, just to go to a park and go for a hike. Not a long one. I'm not talking about, you know, we're sweating our butts off on a, on a hike, but just go to a park with a nice, like one mile trail. And then if, if after that mile, you guys are still interested in hanging out with each other, you then find a picnic bench to sit on. You know, those are my favorite first dates. Um, as it gets colder and you can't do that in Ohio, um, I will admit that I will settle for, you know, going, oh, let's just go get drinks and some food. Again, it's not the best, but if you're with the right person, if you, you know, if you're with somebody that you're interested in and they're interested in you and they're interested in getting to know you, you're interested in getting to know them sitting across from them at a table is not the end of the world. Um, the other thing I like is, do you guys have like arcade bars so they can get a drink if they want, I can get food if I want, but yet we're playing games. We're playing connect four. We're playing basketball we're playing ski ball we're playing uh air hockey you know all these fun things and we're being up and we're being active because you know batting cages is another one where you can just kind of bs and talk but yet move around and get some of that anxiety that first date anxiety you know oh what's going to happen next i'll be like you just forget about all that stuff because you're you're moving and you're you're just doing something and i like that kind of a first date is, is oh the active first date. Oh my gosh, Rick. Well, can I date you? Like, that just sounds like so much fun. <laughs> like, what a great idea. What a great idea. Like, I mean, that's me. Like, you know, I just want to go have fun. You know, I don't, I probably, why I don't like to go do dinner because you're just sitting there. It's kind of stale and you're thinking of something to say, or, 
you know, you can't just eat whatever you want to eat on the first date. Like, let's be right. real here, okay? You can't just eat whatever you want to eat. And <clears throat> yeah, just fun and go out and have fun. Like, go out for that, you know. And I, I think if I lived in Ohio, where there's probably lots of snow, too much snow for me, um, I would say, let's go make some snow angels. But then we're going to jump back in the truck and warm up, you know? Like, right. who wants to go for a drive to do snow angels? You know, that would be so much fun. And when someone says that, no, I don't want to do anything like that, you know, like, yeah, then they would pop. Yeah, because I want to have fun. I think we've learned from where we were to where we are today is life is too short not to have fun. And that's kind of my attitude. I want to have fun. I want to have fun. I don't want to be, I don't want to be, I, I want to live the rest of my life. I didn't get sober. I didn't go through all this recovery and everything I've gone through to live a stale life with someone, you know, I want to have fun. I want to have yeah. fun. Yep, and that's what you're right. I mean, and I think that's that's part of it. Not that not that people who aren't in recovery don't want to have fun. I just think that we were taken down, and I don't want to say we. I don't want to talk to everybody else, but I know for for this alcoholic, I was in such a dark place that anytime I'm not having fun or have the hope to have fun. It's just not worth it to me. And that goes for even my job. You know, like I have so much fun at my job because I, who wants to, why do I, why would I want to be miserable? You know, like I want to have fun. I want to go do like in a, a first date, there's already so much anxiety, you know, that goes into it. Let's move around. Let's get some of that anxiety out. You know what I mean? Let's do something. You know, it just makes it so much better. So that's why I like to do the active date. And we have those tools. You know, when you talk about having fun at work, <clears throat> I mean, if you're not happy at your job, that's 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 just going to set the tone for everything else when you leave work because you're already in a bad mood. I like to have fun at work. You know, Friday was a great example. You know, everybody was just kind of, uh, you know, and here I show up in my reindeer outfit. And I just, you know, and, I, and then I make the joke, like, I'm not really working today. I'm just going to have fun photos all day. And I took photos of all my coworkers and even the ones, you know, and just to make it fun, make it fun. Because you know what? We know when we have these tools, even, you know, people outside the rooms, they don't have our tools. And this time of year is a struggle for a lot of people in and out of the rooms. So let's just make it fun. You know, let's just find a reason to laugh and have a good time. And, you know, I like to be that person. I do. Yeah. So one of my offices on Friday uh, decided to have their uh, their at work potluck Christmas party. They're having their outside of work. I think they had it last night. Um, but their at work Christmas party where everybody's kind of invited. That was um, that was on Friday. And so, you know, they don't expect the boss to show up dressed as anything, you know, the boss is just going to show up and, you know, bring something to eat and that's it. Right. Well, I showed up in my ugly Christmas sweater and just showing up in my ugly Christmas sweater, just, ev just put everybody, I mean, they were already in a good mood. They were going to be in a good mood, whether I showed up or not, but everybody got such a kick out of it, you know? So, and I could tell from the picture seeing you with your, uh, reindeer antlers and your light up green glass like everybody just was getting a kick out of that and it just puts people in such a good mood sometimes and we have the ability to do that i know for this alcoholic i was the guy who put people in a bad mood 15 mm. years ago you know oh here comes rick again he you know i remember i used to have a buddy of mine that i worked with that would say hi to me every morning he would say good morning and i would say it is not because every morning was miserable to me. So that's all I used to say. And I remember when I got sober, he was like, one of the biggest changes I see is you now tell me good morning. <laughs> and, you know, but it's, it's that happiness that comes with being sober and being recovered and that ability to have fun again, you know, and I just always want to have fun now, you know? You know, what's funny is Rick, can you go, I mean, so you kind of answered the question because I have a question for you. So do you find that today being sober, um, who are you today? Who are you today? So 
you know, people meet me maybe for the first time and then they find out I don't drink, but they think, man, you must have been a hoot back in your drinking days. You must have really tore it up. I would not have worn that reindeer costume. No, sir, I would not have. I would not. I would. I was so very self-conscious about making sure my makeup was okay, my hair was okay, because if you really saw the inside of me, you would realize what a hot mess I was. So my appearance was everything back then. Now, I don't care. I will wear the reindeer costume. I will be the goofy one because I don't really care. I, I don't care. So compared to now, like, I mean, I know you, you're a hiker. I mean, everybody here, it's an audio. You can't see Rick. I've seen Rick and Rick's very athletic, handsome dude. Got it together Thank you. today. I mean, but back in the day, were you a hoot? Ever a hoot? Ever just did the wild thing? No. No, absolutely not. Um, happy, joyous, and free came from the rooms. It was not. And, and here's the deal. My personality that I have now was always inside of me. I just didn't know how to bring it out. And maybe it came out like drinks one, two, and three. But pre-drink, no. And post-drink number three, no. So there was like maybe this short period of time that um, that I was happy, joyous, and free while drinking. Or not, I don't even want to say that because that's not true. That this personality that I have now came out, but it was very short-lived and it wouldn't even last an entire night. Now, this it, my personality is something that, that recovery helped me unlock, you know? Um, and it's funny because I could see my personality in other family members and I would always be like, man, I want to be like him or man to have the freedom that she has in my family. Well, I had that personality. I was just burying it, you know? And so now I get to just, because of, again, because of the rooms, happy, joyous and free, I get to, to live that way now. And I would have never, I wouldn't have worn the ugly Christmas sweater. I would have, I would have been the guy who said Christmas bar. Christmas party's stupid. I don't even want to go. I don't want to do this. This is stupid. Why would we have a Christmas party? It's just a day of work. You know, like that would have been me. Now I'm like, oh, Christmas party? Yeah, the 15th? I'll be there. What am I bringing? Put me on the list, you know? I'll wear my ugly Christmas sweater. And I try not to let them know that I'm going to do that. All I tell them is, um, is put me on the list. Tell me what to bring. And I will bring my Christmas spirit. That's all I tell them. And then I show up in an ugly Christmas sweater and a Christmas hat, and they just think it's the greatest thing ever. Okay, so here's another question for you, Rick. So, and I think I know the answer. So, here we are. Again, everyone can't see Rick, but I'm going to tell you, he's very handsome, he's very athletic, he's funny as funny is. So one of the funniest guys I know. So do you ever still sometimes sit back and um, and sit there and think, okay, I have all this. I'm sober. I've got my own, you know, I, I, I pay my own bills. And yet I'm sitting here single. And do you ever like have a little like, you know, a tizzy fit? Do you ever think it's not fair? Yes. Like, and what do you do with that? Um. I redirected into something else. I redirected into projects around the house, getting stuff done into my running, into my, into a podcast. Um, I just, I redirected into something else. Um, that's a great question. Um, from now on, I'm the only one allowed to ask questions on this podcast. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. Uh, but no, that, that, no, that is a great question. And yeah. Um, for me, it's just, it's redirecting, but, but yes, I do sit there sometimes and see like, like why, and it's not, it's, it's, and it is, it's everything. Like, like I sit there recently in, in the recent last few months, I will sit there and go, my job is great. I've got more friends now than I know what to do with. And I'm just gaining even more. Um, there's just two friends that I've just gained that are just blowing my mind with how great we get to, you know, we, we are together. Um, I've got 
a great daughter. My daughter's amazing. My family is amazing. My job is great. I've got, you know, my dog is the greatest dog on the planet. I've got all these projects that I'm starting to get done and they're going so well. And I've got all these wonderful things going on in my life, but my relationship life, my dating life absolutely sucks. And it goes, and so in my brain, I go to have everything else. Does that, do I have to have one negative? That's, that's the other thing that my brain goes to is everything else is so great that there has to be one thing that I'm falling short on. And that's what my, I hate to say, like I'm blaming it on my higher power, but it's my higher power being like, we well, can't have everything in the world. So we're going to take this part and that's, what's going to suck. You know what I mean? Like, so I'm going to bounce it back to you now though, Bobby. So what about you? Same question. Absolutely. Absolutely. We were, we were just talking about this earlier. <clears throat> you know, I think this time of year, this is a perfect time for this podcast, by the way, is a lot of us are saying, you know, I want to be wearing matching pajamas, you know, but, you know, it's not really a relationship. You know, now that you and I have been talking, it's like, that's not really a relationship. I just want to wear matching pajamas during the holidays. But then after that, you can go back to your place and, you know, and I'll see you next year. <clears throat> but I, I do. I get pouty. I'm like, wait a minute. Okay, I'm not completely ugly. You know, um, I'm, I'm pretty outgoing. You know, I pay my own bills. I have a great job. Um, I'm in good health. I have all of these great things. I have recovery, and I know I help a lot of people in the rooms. And I'm doing podcasts with you, so we're getting the message out to all these people. So I feel like, you know, God whispers in my ears. Now, just tell me, how can you have a relationship? Because all of those things, you know, people in my life, my sons, you know, I have a grandbaby on the way. I have my niece and her kids, which are like my grandkids. How could I make it all work? And so I just, I feel like I hear God whispering in my ear saying, hey, Bobby, you know, it really matters, right? And it's, it's what I have right now. And, and for someone to step into my life, I mean, I get pouty because I do. I, of course I get pouty. I mean, I'm like, you know, wham, 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 you know, it's not fair. I want to go dancing or I want to go for a drive with someone. <clears throat> but that's where I say, like, I'm still selfish. I think I'm selfish because I just want that person when I, when I have, when I can fit them into my schedule. And that's not very, that's, that's old me thinking, you know, that's old, that's old me thinking of when it's convenient, then I will let you come on over or when it's convenient, I'll come over there. That's not really, you know, so God, I have to say probably for you and I both, I know higher power has a plan for us and someone is going to step into our lives that says, I understand, you know what? this is good. Let me just support you in what you're doing. Let me be supportive, you know, because I would support them. Thank you again for coming on, Bobby. This was such a tremendous episode. I had so much fun doing this episode. It wasn't supposed to be this long. It really wasn't. But when you find a subject that, um, that you're just passionate about. You just wind up talking about it forever, right? So, again, um, we've got the holidays coming up. I'm sure there's going to be a lot more pods coming out, you know, pod about Christmas and recovery and probably a podcast that's about New Year's Eve and recovery. So stick with us. Uh, keep coming back and um, rate, subscribe, and like. It helps us get the message out there. Thanks for listening, and have a wonderful holiday season.